Welcome to the Delicious Brainwaves podcast. I'm your host, Brad Tunar, uh, and I'm joined today by Ian Polson, our resident product manager. And uh, we will be chatting about the recent ACF acquisition, but kind of uh, get into acquisitions in general. Um, and Ian's been through a, a recent acquisition as well. So uh, on the seller side, so uh, I'd like to, to pick his brain on that. Um, anyway, welcome to the show, uh, Ian. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about all things acquisitions. It's been it's been a busy been a busy year, hasn't it? Really, I mean, yeah, the ACF thing. Not just dating. for us either. <laughs> yeah, WordPress is going crazy with acquisitions, so it's it's pretty topical. Yeah. So why don't you start off by just uh, telling us how this acquisition came about? Because I think, um, you know, it was really you that that started the whole process of the ACF, ACF acquisition um, probably a long time ago, right? Yeah, so I got to know Elliot, um, I think it must have been 2019 maybe or 20, even, even longer ago than that when... Um, me and Jack, who host Pressing Matters, a podcast, we got him on the show to talk about ACFs. I think it was it was around ACF Blocks was coming out, so we wanted to talk about... We just really wanted to have him on the show. Like, Elliot is a massive sort of figure in WordPress. ACF is a massive thing in WordPress. Uh, and he'd not been, he'd not been previously um, busy in the community. He wasn't doing lots of podcasts or things like that. So it was kind of a nice thing for us to have him on the show as a burgeoning podcast and then after that we stayed in contact and we exchanged emails and we we, we kind of known each other before and had email conversations about acf because i was a heavy user of it and um used it for when agencies when i worked for agencies and yeah we kept in contact and we had like you know a monthly catch-up call and started just to talk about where he was at with the product and um, what i was doing with my side projects and yeah, kind of um, just had a really good um, rapport and talked around like where he was going with the future. And, um, yeah. you know, like he's been doing it for so long, but kind of on his own. Um, so were you guys he, um, talking about like you guys were having casual ch chats, though, like too, right? Like you were talking about life and stuff and. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We he just like I think when we first started speaking, his uh, other half was pregnant, and then um, yeah, had had his had his baby daughter, and you know I've got young kids as well, and we yeah we just talked about everything really, but it was very much like a, a mini mastermind between us, and we talked around the decisions he was making to change the pricing of ACF back in twenty twenty. Um, I was letting him know all my plans for my products and plugins and. You know, it was really, it was just, a, it was, it was good. It was nice to kind of talk to somebody outside of work and, and on the other side of the world as well, like at crazy times of the day for either of us. Um, but that was when, you know, he'd, he'd shared with me in the past that he'd obviously had offers for ACF. Like there was interest around ACF, you know, it, sure. It's, it's a massive plugin and it's so well known that it would have been unbelievable if he'd have said he'd never had been approached by someone to want to buy it. Um, and back then he said to me like it was a kind of a the case of he was just happy doing what he was doing like it, you know it worked out 
pretty well so far and he was happy just to keep doing what he was doing um but then we had a call january of this year uh and he'd had a really really good christmas where he'd just gone away for a couple of weeks probably not picked up his laptop much maybe not done so much support spent a really good couple of weeks with his family and realized how kind of burnt out he was from the grind the acf grind you know he it seems amazingly fairy tale that he's a one man developer with you know a support team and and freelancers here or there but pretty much running it on his own um and you think wow that's amazing because obviously it's a popular product it must be doing really well business and he's doesn't have to worry about a company but also the flip side of that is the mental toll of like he is doing everything he if he is off for a week the product doesn't get pushed forward it's like it's all on him and i think it all came to a bit of a head where he just thought do you know what i could be done now i think i've done, had a good stint like you know 10 years on it's um so he was ready to kind of entertain the idea of selling and 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 go back to perhaps people he'd who'd spoken to him in the past um so yeah that conversation made me just think well okay what 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 if what if from a delicious brains point of view like we could something could happen here um and i just remember speaking to him saying don't make any decisions until perhaps you've spoken to brad because like you guys should should chat about the future because Mm -hmm. you know delicious brains we are developer we are wordpress developer plugins we are for developers this is this could be a really good match and you know even if it doesn't work out whatever but just speak to brad he's cool you'll get on kind of thing um and that was where i think it got to in january or late january maybe with you where that you got yeah. in contact yeah uh no i think it was early <laughs> or oh. i think it might have been like a day or two after uh your chat with elliot uh and you you had told me about about that that you know he was considering selling and and so i i got on uh i scheduled a call with him and we just i the first first conversation i had with him i just wanted to get to know him and um because i'd never spoken with him before and uh and then kind of dig into like has he thought this through is he just kind of thinking about selling or you know how serious is he um and uh and i think that it was a you know in that first conversation it wasn't necessarily like he just had all of his ducks in a row. He knew exactly what he wanted. As you might expect, he was still kind of working through, sorting out his thoughts on on it. Uh, and uh, but then by the next call, <laughs> he had to, he had sorted out a lot of stuff. Um, so uh, yeah, we things kind of proceeded pretty quickly. Like we we started trying to figure out like what what would make sense, you know, um, from there. Um, yeah. How, how did you kind of get to that point where obviously you'd had some good conversations that resulted in like this could happen, but then, you know, you're going to start talking numbers. You're going to start talking offers. He's got to have a ballpark figure. You've got to have a ballpark figure. Like how do you start going about producing that figure? Like how are we valuing WordPress businesses these days? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was tricky in the beginning because, you know, uh, we didn't we didn't know like Elliot what didn't quite know what he wanted or what he should want <laughs> in terms of you know how much 
I, you know, I'd been through one acquisition before, and so I knew that usually there was a certain amount of cash on closing, and then uh, you know more cash later in some form is usually how usually how it goes. Uh, sometimes not. Sometimes it's all the cash up front, right? Um, and so we we had to kind of navigate that and and sort that out. Um, and I guess uh, I guess the yeah the first thing was just to come to some kind of valuation. Um, and uh, so the first one of the first things I did is just asked them for a P and L, a profit and loss report which basically just shows you all the revenue, all the expenses and, and the profit and, um, and yeah, and just doing, doing some analysis of that, looking at it. And it, it was pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. It was, you know, <laughs> uh, Elliot runs a pretty lean ship, right? As you were saying, he, he's kind of been a one man band. And so there, there weren't a lot of expenses to scroll through or anything, right? Um, so it was pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, there was, <clears throat> there was no recurring revenue yet um, because this was January, and he had only turned on recurring um, subscriptions uh, in February uh, twenty twenty. Twenty twenty, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was no there was no recurring revenue to to look at. Um, so, and I guess the next step after that was for me to like do projections. So basically, guess what the recurring revenue is going to be. So and guess what the total revenue is going to be. You know, for the f- first twelve months, if if we did take take over the company, mm. um, or take over ACF, I should say. Um, so. Uh, and then, and then, kind of another consideration when thinking about the value would be like, um, w- based on those projections, like how how many years is it going to take us to repay that? You know, pay that off. You know, whether it's a loan or or whatever. Um, and uh, and then what? Yeah, what are we comfortable with? Right? Like, obviously, I'm not comfortable paying off a loan you know, for 10 years, like that's probably too long. Right. Yeah. Especially Um, with WordPress and how things change. Yeah. Yeah. Any tech company that's, that's a bit crazy. Um, and so, especially if you're aggressively paying it off for that long, right? Like it, it would be one thing if you're just paying it off really, you know, casually and not aggressively. Um, but, um, and then, Another thing to look at would be like the potential to increase revenue. So, you know, my projections were all conservative. They were based on what had been before, right? Like how the company had done before. But what about all the things that we could do to bolster that revenue, right? So, um, for example, the, the free plugin doesn't have any mention of the pro features so that was one thing we identified like oh well that might help uh it it would help those free users to know about the pro version um so that was one thing um and then you know their email list and uh improving the content you know like we said elliot's a one-man band he doesn't have time to be pumping out blog posts uh every every week or yeah there's no content marketing rather than release posts which is you know it's it's 
within what he could do and it's always worked so yeah yeah exactly but maybe that's something we could do to you know improve things and then the website could use a, a refresh uh and a, in fact elliot had been working on that um yeah and then uh and then there's always the thing this the thing the concept of cross-selling so you know selling uh our other products to acf customers right um and <laughs> I have to say that's not that has that was a very small consideration. I find with acquisitions, a lot of times you hear this like, oh, this synergy, like you know, this company's acquiring this other company for the synergy and the cross-selling, and I'm like, yeah, but does that really do much? Maybe in some situations it does, but we we haven't seen it. We've done we've tried to cross-sell our products in the past, and it hasn't really made a big difference. Um, yeah, so. I d- it would be interesting to see how that goes because, like, cross-selling, migrate, and offload media are perhaps a bit different. Whereas, you know, we saw it mm. through before the acquisition was announced, and we saw it afterwards. The amount of people that were tweeting or commenting that ACF and Migrate DB Pro were their go-to plugins for sites, like the mm-hmm. the and you use the word yourself, the synergy is ridiculous. Like, so we are perhaps gonna see it better than than we expect because there is that um you know you're opening up a big customer base from one plugin and exposing them yeah. to another plugin and we the pro the, the, the connection between the two the cross-selling market fit is already established so you'd yeah. think it would do good but yeah yeah hopefully i'm uh I, I have low expectations but hopefully i'm pleasantly surprised <laughs> i guess yeah. i'll say yeah um so some other things that I, uh, you know, I considered with valuing the company, the valuing ACF. Uh, so uh, just what other WordPress plugins have sold recently and what were the, <clears throat> what was the valuation of those uh, WordPress plugins, right? So I kind of asked around about that and just um, got an idea, kind of, kind of a sense of where things were. And, uh, and then of course, another thing is, you know, the seller. So Elliot, I mean, he has to be on board too. Like it really depends. It doesn't matter just what I think the company is worth. It also matters what he thinks is worth. So he, he, he's doing his own calculus, right? On his end. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to meet in the middle somewhere. You can't just rock up and say, I think this is a two X valuation. So here it is and he'd be like well hang on i don't think so yeah you, you, you've got to come together somewhere yeah exactly yeah and i think i think that was fairly painless i think we were pretty close to the same page on that um it wasn't like a bunch of back and forth and horse trading or anything like that um yeah it was it was pretty that was a pretty painless process um yeah and then the type of deal also affects the evaluation right so you know, if it's uh, if it's seller financing, so if the the seller is basically loaning the money or deferring payments, uh, then that might be you know a you, I, I might end up paying more for the business if we're doing it that way than if you know I paid them you know all the money up front on 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 closing or something, right? Um, so that's that's another consideration here with the valuation typically affects it and i guess it works both ways as well because you know if you're willing to sell you probably want to just walk away and not have 
any sort of financial ties over a period of time to the to the deal still so you want a clean exit you want cash up front you want you know you uh, so again it needs to be what Elliot wanted rather than just what you could do I guess yeah i think yeah i think so like it really depends on what the seller's willing to do right in the situation um but sometimes you know sometimes it's the buyer who's not willing and so either the seller takes it or leaves it or you know so it's like it's like this there's just so many points of negotiation uh in a deal like this but um well like like i said there wasn't a lot of horse trading um in this particular deal um yeah it sounded like it went quite smoothly all the way really up until you know you can get other people involved like lawyers and accountants and stuff but you know the the conversations between you guys um made it kind of seem relatively straightforward yeah yeah it felt pretty organic like a it kind of just like we got wiser as we went and kind of you know things just uh kind of clicked into place i suppose yeah. Yeah. So, 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 what sort of deal? What was the deal you ended up on then? Really, after that. Like uh, the- so we we ended up doing a bank loan, and uh, so no seller financing is what we ended up with, uh, which uh, which was which meant that I had to go out and get a giant loan <laughs> from from a bank, uh, which 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 I had never never done. Um, and so uh yeah that was interesting um but uh yeah so i think i think the main thing with the bank loan is that um the thing that appealed to me with it is that i think the interest rate would have been higher if we had done seller financing so just to be clear what seller financing is this would have meant that uh you know elliot Instead, instead of getting paid all of it on closing day, on the, the day we kind of flipped the switch, uh, so to speak, uh, you know, he, instead of getting all the money then, he would get some over time, right? Uh, that's what seller financing typically is. And, and typically, the seller does not just do that for free. <laughs> they they usually have... <laughs> yeah, they usually have an interest rate, uh, and I would imagine it would have been actually higher than the bank's rate, which the bank rates are just historically low right now, right? Mm. Um, Even in the times of COVID, that was kind of pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think that that's what appealed to me, and the, just the cleanness of it, like just you know, having to send payments over time and then do all the accounting around that and stuff. It's just kind of, it's not, not as neat and tidy, is it? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I will say though, the downside of a bank loan over seller financing is that the bank uh, apparently cares a lot about getting their money back. And (laughs) who knew? <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and want to do a lot of due diligence to make sure that you know my business is being represented accurately, and so is the seller's business. So both businesses they need to look at very closely, um, and so that that actually adds a lot of time to the deal, right? To, to getting the deal done, uh, which I didn't. 
I mean, I should have known, but I didn't quite have expectations around this because I, I didn't, I've never done it before, right? So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it took longer than either one of us had thought. And I think that was, I think that was probably one of the points of, I mean, frustration is a little strong, but, you know, it, it was, um, it was something we weren't expecting. So there was, I guess there was a little bit of frustration there because we were just, it, it's always frustrating when you, when you think it's going to take, you know, let's say four weeks and it takes eight <laughs> or, yeah. or, yeah. or 12 or whatever. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we, I think that's the part of the process that was, that I wish we had a, had more guidance on is that, mm. you know, like wh- how long is this going to take? And, Honestly, our accountants and lawyers, they didn't really know. Like, they gave us dates and then we blew past them. And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I guess the positive yeah. though, there, that is that because, as you say, your company was being uh, scrutinized by the, the bank and so was Elliot's, that that could have gone so much worse. Like, their gateways there, you, you could have both failed and you, Elliot would have lost his buyer. You, we would have lost the deal. Like, Absolutely. As much as that that was a pain and it elongated the process and frustrations and whatever, few. I mean, it just it's sort of it's a testament to the ACF business and it's a testament to the Delicious Brains business because you know it stood up to to that level of scrutiny. Um, But yeah, I can imagine that was a bit of a a drain when you're just waiting on the third parties to to go through it all. Yeah, yeah, and it's you don't you know you're getting status updates or, or progress updates, but they're really vague and nebulous, and you you don't really know like mm. how much time's left because it's like a it's like the Windows ninety five progress bar, right? That's basically what it felt like, or the Mac <laughs> update, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 which is, from what I can tell, just complete bogus. Of a tree. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. It's like, oh, it'll take, it's going to take, you know, 50 minutes to perform this update. And it's like this progress bar that has no bearing on time whatsoever. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. And then, and then it completes in like 15 minutes, right? <laughs> We kind of we kind of jumped a little bit ahead in terms of getting the loan and and um, mm. you know getting the cash to, to to pay. But in terms of the acquisition, there's there's a couple more. Well, there's the initial like offer and accepting the offer. Like this is the stuff I've learned recently in terms of like letter of intents uh, or LOIs, as you you might hear them. Like, mm. did that go smoothly? Like, obviously, Elliot yeah. had other suitors. What how did that play into things? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He he did have other suitors, as as we've said, and and I, I should say that was another reason um, or another consideration when considering seller financing or you know a, a lump sum payment because you know it re- it really depends. Like if you if you're up against competition, you know the best deal wins a lot of times, right? That wasn't quite the case here because Elliot was very um, clear that he wanted to pick a certain company, right? Like that will take care of ACS into the future, right? And that was more important than anything, really. Um, so, 
I think, yeah, but, but ultimately, you know, if we hadn't put a competitive offer on the table, like he probably would have went with someone else. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, maybe, maybe we were his first choice, but maybe he would have went with his second choice instead if we hadn't put a, a competitive offer. So that's, that was definitely something that, um, that I, that was weighing on me that I, that I was considering. Right. Um, so in terms of the letter intent, um, we, we did most of our negotiating before we got to that stage. Like we, we just, we chatted every week on a regular basis. We, on a, you know, a Tuesday evening, <laughs> um, Tuesday evening for me, <laughs> Wednesday, morning uh, Wednesday morning for yeah. Elliot, <laughs> which was another kind of, uh, you know, it wasn't too challenging to navigate the time zones, but you know uh wasn't uh wasn't ideal right like you, you want to be having conversations during your day during your best mental space and i was yeah. having my conversations with elliot like when at you know 8 p.m 9 p.m at night and not my not freshest so, yeah yeah not my freshest my brain was not fresh yeah. <laughs> um so uh, this yeah it was uh you know, it was fine, it, but yeah, subpar, uh, not ideal, I guess. Um, so anyway, yeah, we, we, we did all of our chatting that way and kind of sorted everything out before the LOI stage, which really was more of a formality. Um, and I was a little worried that like we might be forgetting things or not just forgetting things, just not knowing what we should discuss before, you know, before we get to the LOI, like before I, I actually have the, the lawyer involved mm. and, and write it up. And, um, and it, but it turned out to be just like one thing that my lawyer was really advocating, which was something called an indemnity holdback, which I didn't even know was a thing. Um, but basically it's just, you know, an insurance policy in case something happens, like we're holding back some of the purchase price for a, a set period of time. And then, uh, if, uh, you know, if, if, if some kind of claim happens, then, then we have the money to, to, to deal with it. Uh, yeah. So basically like a little insurance policy of sorts. Um, and I think, uh, so that was, that was a surprise, right? Like when the LOI was presented, it's like, oh, what's this? <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's the lawyers that come in with their things that they're used to doing. This is what they get paid to yeah. do. They're there to protect you as the client. So all of the stuff that they're considering, you wouldn't think, oh, we need this. Like, And, and you probably, both of you would have thought, we don't need that. Like this is just a distraction, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's there yeah. for reasons. I'm actually really glad too that my lawyer did that because he didn't have to do it as part of the LOI. He could have just left that out of the LOI and said, well, you know, add that to the purchase agreement at the, at that stage. But it was something that Elliot and I didn't discuss. We, we hadn't uh, negotiated that. And so it was good to get that early in the process rather than later i think yeah. right because then the later things surprises like that show up i think the more the other party feels like oh what are they doing now trying to pull a fast one on me or like you know it, yeah you, you know big changes late is not good in, in yeah a, from in oh the surprises 
Yeah. 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 Ideally, get all the surprises out of the way or as early as possible. And, and I think things yeah. probably go smoother, right? Which, yeah. which is, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that because as I've understood it in the past and with LOIs, they could be like written on the back of a napkin kind of thing and someone just agrees and then they're not entertaining other offers. Or right. they could be pretty formal legal documents. And obviously, you've gone down that road and it served you well. So it's interesting to think actually the LOI should be beefier than you think it perhaps should be, or perhaps I yeah. in the past. Yeah, I, I guess it really depends like on the situation. Uh, I felt I didn't feel like I needed to get an LOI in front of Elliot early um, just because we're things were going well and uh i knew i knew everything was pretty transparent um and yeah so i think i think i think the way we did it i'm happy with it um i guess in the future it would be nice to get the loi out earlier because i I did find out that he had lois from all the other parties like earlier (laughs) and so i was like oh well maybe i should have done this earlier (laughs) yeah well, yeah, luckily it sort of turned out the way it did. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're at LOI, we've done that, and then you're pretty much ready to, you know, you've done a lot of the negotiations, so you're ready for lawyers' purchase agreements. Where are we in the timescale then? If you started talking early January, and then you, you've got the big guns, the lawyers in place, how long did yeah. that take to get to that point? Um, yeah, the LOI, I can't remember, actually. When the LOI, the purchase agreement, we started drafting in late March. Um, so it, yeah, it took a took a bit of time to get to that to that stage. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I think the purchase agreement came pretty shortly after the LOI. Actually, it wasn't mm. it wasn't a huge gap in there. I guess maybe two weeks, two or three weeks. I think something like that. And presumably, all while that's happening, you're still doing kind of your due diligence as well as the the lenders doing their due diligence. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm in, intrigued at kind of from from rather than just a business perspective, but for a WordPress plugin, like what kind of stuff did you look for for uh, like I don't know, like what, what did that due diligence look like? Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess early, early on, like I, I said, I asked Elliot for a P&L and looked at the finances. Uh, he sent me financial reports, which are kind of more official numbers um, from, from account, like their accountant verified numbers. Um, looked at those. Uh, and and then there was some data that I asked him for, like, uh, you know, how many subscriptions there were and that kind of thing. So I asked, asked him for those, a, f- a few other things, bits of data. Um, but but that was about it. That's a, you know, that was enough for me to put projections together and show those yeah. to the, the lenders and stuff. And so it was, um, I was pretty satisfied with what I was seeing now. Now, if if I had to do all the due diligence myself going forward, I'd, you know, I'd want access to the Stripe accounts and, you know, make sure the money was actually coming in from real people and and that kind of stuff. But because there was a lender involved and they needed 
tons of due diligence and uh and they you know they needed an accounting firm to produce like a revenue report and all that um i just relied on that so so my accountant did all the due diligence um and uh you know verified that the verified the revenue um made sure that you know there wasn't like a handful of customers that were bringing in all the revenue right there wasn't you know yeah. basically creating a risk profile of of the of the revenue um and that stuff and then my lawyer had a bunch of due diligence stuff too like you know he wanted a certificate of incorporation from from Elliot and he wanted to see all the contracts with vendors and uh suppliers etc yeah. etc cetera, et cetera. uh and uh and so you know i i was obviously paying attention to all that and kind of helping in the process um and uh yeah so it was, it was i won't understate it it was quite a lot of work like mm-hmm. <laughs> dig, digging up all this all these numbers and all this um all these documents and providing them and stuff it was yeah it was quite a, quite a lot of work to do all that yeah and I guess in terms of like the 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 WordPress plugin sales, like we've we've mentioned that up until well at the start of the process, recurring revenue wasn't a thing for ACF for Elliot. But during the process, February two twenty twenty one, they started yeah. kicking in, um, and obviously you, you would be having access to see how that was going. Um, I, yeah, I, I asked. I asked for reports on that from Elliot just to to check in, like how how that's going, and uh, like we, we were using, like we you know we have our own plugins with our own re- um, re- recurring revenue rates and everything. Yeah. So we have we have that data to to kind of make a solid guess at what ACF's renewal rate was going to be. Um, yeah. So, so I was pretty confident and obviously, you know, I, in my projections, I went with conservative renewal rates, like kind of ridiculously low (laughs) renewal rates. Like, you know, does this still, does this deal still make sense if the renewal rates are 50%, if only half the customers, uh, renew, uh, which is, which is a pretty ridiculously low rate for, for WordPress plugins. Um, so so yeah, you know, it was it was good to see that data coming in though before the deal actually happened, just in case. Yeah, it just gave confidence that that things were as they should be. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think fifty percent. It would be really interesting to see what people like WordPress plugin uh, renewal rates are across the board because I I think it would vary wildly depending on the type of plugin. Because like yeah. migrate, migrate is has a good renewal rate because it's a tool that people use time and time again. So they kind of are on the hook for it. Whereas, you know, like WP User Manager for me, I introduced renewals, automatic renewals, um, as in September 2019, and so I've had a year a bit of it, and I don't get 50 percent because people buy it for a client, they want a community website for that one client, and then they get the bill again, and they're like, I'm not, I'm not even doing this anymore. So it's a, it's a completely different landscape for renewals. Um, Interesting, but but ACF again, it's a tool people use it on every website they they all build. So again, it's got it's got that stickiness that renewals yeah. will will see from. 
Uh, that's interesting. I have a different take on that, actually. I, w- I would expect plugins that are adding critical features to a site to be harder for people to abandon, right? So, uh, f- for example, WP Offload Media, you know, if you say dis- it's quite hard to actually disable and divorce yourself of that plugin because mm. it's it's running your media on your site like oh i'm not going to renew uh is it going to keep working is it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, like I, I, and then with migrate like, you, you could just decide tomorrow like you know what i'm not going to use this tool anymore i'm going to use a different tool you know it's it's not your i mean Maybe I'm understating like how hard it is to change the way you do things as a developer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think maybe part of it comes from the problem with, um, and we did talk about it with on the last podcast we were on about the pricing models and how people are now introducing more sort of locking lock-in functionality for disabled or or uh, licenses that aren't um, active anymore. Whereas with WP User Manager, if you don't re- renew all you lose is access to support and updates. So it's still powering their site in the same way. They don't lose anything. Uh, and, and that's obviously something I need to look at if I'm going to in, in improve renewal rates. But right. yeah, that's like I'm I'm about five years behind in terms of how that is set up. The, the um, current practices. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, re- renewal... Um, automatic renewals, uh, recurring revenue is a, is a topic, and it kind of leads on to uh, the, the the one of the biggest problems, I guess, we saw with the acquisition, or not problems, yeah. but you know, ACF bump has, in the road for sure. <laughs> exactly, like during before it's ACF has has had a, a long running history of selling non recurring licenses, like lifetime. Uh, it's a lifetime deal, effectively, you know. And we haven't even talked about this. That the, before February 2020, when Elliot introduced recurring, he was selling in Aussie dollars, uh, which was probably quite low potentially. I'd, I'm not even okay with the exchange rate enough to think of whether or not it was. But it, it actually, things were priced quite low in comparison to the WordPress other WordPress plugins. So mm-hmm. tw- February 2020 came in. He introduced new pricing, charging in USD US dollars, uh, in- increased pricing to sort of what would be deemed a normal level for a one-site license, a developer license, or an agency license, and then added recurring. But that means that there's a whole host of customers, ACF customers, that are on lifetime uh, purchases that will never pay again. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to throw that over to you. How did you look at that from a business acquisition point of view? And how have we dealt with that since yeah i wasn't i wasn't really worried about it from a business acquisition point of view because i knew that the the recurring revenue was coming right and coming soon and that was that that was the i was just assuming i was ignoring the rest right i was looking at what's what's the new customer revenue that he typically you know that the plugin typically gets in a given month and what are what is the recurring revenue that it's going to get? You know, uh, this year, a year from now, the year after that, right? Um, and I just based everything on that, and I just kind of, you know, I I wasn't going to get anything from all the previous customers that have lifetime licenses. I just kind of ignored really that part, and 
Um, and I think that was the right thing to do financially from a financial perspective. <laughs> it was the wrong thing to do from a public relations perspective <laughs> and from uh, announcing uh, the plugin um, or f- announcing the acquisition. Uh, because what happened was as soon as we announced all, all the lifetime customers uh, got really nervous and started, you know, um, asking questions like, are you going to honor lifetime licenses? And they really wanted an answer to that question specifically. Like they didn't want maybes. They wanted, are you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and um, I made the mistake of trying to have a conversation with a customer about that in e- just via email and they i was asking questions like would would this be fair like a scenario that might work but not really putting much thought into it mm-hmm. and and then that that uh my reply was screenshotted and shared around on twitter and facebook groups and stuff and so you know i had to come up with some well first of all we have to actually sit down and actually think about this stuff through like think it through so that we don't make another mistake here like that would have been foolish to to just react really quickly because people are you know very upset right that that would be even worse so you know took basically 24 hours to think it through and come up with a good response and i think we pulled it off right yeah i think yeah I think we nailed it. And I, looking back to when that, that kind of exploded PR issue happened, and uh, you know, it's you know, it didn't make worldwide news. It was a subset of people on Twitter and Facebook. It was only you know a, a small bubble, but it was still big enough to kind of make us think about it. But thinking back to that, like w- why we hadn't perhaps uh, covered it and and out and made it clear in our announcement and even given it the thought i've been thinking like why why did we fall short there but just what you just said about how you know you discounted those from a business financial point of view and you know we weren't it wasn't something that was in your mind from the deal you know it was all about the recurring revenue and the potential for growth of that way like Mm -hmm. we'd kind of just that that had really made us just forget about them, and and that sounds really bad, but but because only from a financial point of view. Um, so yeah, that 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 is the answer to why it kind of well, we just didn't cover that very well. Yeah, yeah, like we, we ignored them from a financial point of view, but also like we were thinking like we'll just we're not going to do anything. Those people will just keep on keeping on. Like we're not going to. We're just gonna, and we thought that would be enough. Like, right? We yeah. didn't really give it a second thought, and didn't realize that oh, those people are gonna be worried, like, gonna yeah. be really worried, and they're gonna demand an answer immediately. <laughs> yeah, many of yeah, them, we so. we were very, we were more very like casual about. Well, it's like it's fine. It's just going to continue, like you said. But yeah, they, you know, I think people are jaded by other, uh, you know, acquisitions yeah. that. You're going to get a big bad company that comes in and suddenly tries to price hike and and yeah. tries to squeeze every last drop from existing customer base, and I think yeah. they were just pessimistic that that was going to happen. Um, yeah. And uh, it's it was a shame because you know the majority and still to now even after enduring that sort of fiasco, the mm-hmm. majority of people have had a great opinion of the acquisition, and it's so yeah. nice to see that because. 
they've recognised that they recognised the decision that Elliot made to pass it to Delicious Brains and the reasons behind that and why Delicious Brains is a great fit and a great company and most people celebrated that so it is like that's still the overarching um, sort of vibe from that time and yeah yeah but you know lifetime deals well yeah (laughs) Yeah. we can we'll move on (laughs) um so in terms of like you know you've got you've done the offering the negotiations the purchase agreements done the all the financial stuff is happening you're waiting on the lenders and it takes ages and obviously timescales draw out whatever but then you get close to like we we need to actually get this thing done this we could do this like what does that look like in terms of handover handover of money handover of a- acf the plug-in like how did you set up for that migration or the handover yeah. the closing day yeah so uh so on closing day uh we the lawyer handled so the bank sent the money to the lawyer and then i had to top it up and then the lawyer wired the money and that's basically it uh, there was a, <laughs> there was a bit of a time zone snafu we, we had done so well with time, the time zones up until that point um but like the closing day like elliot and i in our heads we were thinking you know it was i think we were was it june 1st uh was it yeah june 1st or june 2nd and the lawyers were thinking june anyway it was they were thinking a day later than we were thinking we were thinking you know june 1st and they were thinking june 2nd or something like that and it had to do with the time zones and um it was like on on the day that i was expecting them to wire the money they were being very casual about it (laughs) (laughs) Because they were not ready for a day to do it. Yeah, they they weren't even they weren't planning to send the money that day. They were planning to send it the next day, and I was like, oh, wow. uh, and then they they didn't get like I was emailing them, and I was like, uh, okay, I've I got I went to the bank this morning. I I sent I wired you the money. It should be there like immediately, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And and they were like, oh, okay, uh, and then we're we'll set things up and. And and I was like, uh, I don't think they're getting it. And then in the afternoon, they were like, okay, we're all set to send, to wire the money tomorrow. And I was like, uh, why tomorrow? <laughs> um, and they they needed they need this confirmation from Elliot uh, directly. They needed him on the phone. And I was like, he's asleep. Like, what are you? <laughs> I was I was uh, I was not happy, but then it turned out that it was just a miscommunication. Um, so and and they actually did wire it on time, and everything was fine. But it was uh, yeah, it was it was a bit of a stressful day or just a stressful afternoon that afternoon because we had all our ducks in a row for it to happen then, right? And yeah. So to have to delay it was going to be a bit of a nuisance. Um, yeah. And then in ter- terms of like sorting out the. Um, handover, I suppose. Um, yeah, we had to like turn off taxes, right? So like Elliot was charging Australian taxes and VAT, EU VAT, and we needed to turn those off and turn on Canadian taxes. Like, so there's some things that just had to happen like right away, like on the flip of a switch. 
Um, and we, we set a certain time where that was going to happen, like an exact time where that switch was going to get flipped. And then from that point on, like any revenue was our revenue and any, um, you know, prior to that time, any re revenue was, would be his and, and that kind of thing. Um, and we also had to look into like before closing, we had to look into like, how's that going to work with Stripe and PayPal? Can we just take over? his yeah. accounts and turned out you couldn't like apparently stripe and paypal like once they're locked to a country you cannot unlock them so like yeah. his stripe and paypal accounts were australian stripe and paypal accounts and you cannot transfer those to another country and so with PayPal, we had to come up with an agreement. My lawyer drafted an agreement where we basically get to use Elliot's PayPal account for a certain amount of time. And then for the Stripe account, turns out you can actually, they'll actually export the data into another Stripe account for you if you want. And so yeah. that's the path we took with that. Uh, although, you know, they said, we can do that for you. It'll take, uh, was it five to ten business days or something? Yeah, so depending we, on the size of your customer base, it's like oh. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we had to actually plan around that, right? So for a uh, for a certain amount period of time, all renewals would go through the old Stripe account, and any new new credit cards would be processed by our new Stripe account until we could do that uh, export yeah. import and. Um, and you know that's all gone really smoothly, actually, and I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed with how well that's gone. So, yeah, pretty good. Um, and then there's a, just a plethora of other accounts like Help Scout, hosting, and the WordPress sites. And you kind of just you got to list all this stuff out. Like what what are all the things we're going to need to transfer? And yeah, we used one password that made things a lot easier. Like we just shared a, a one password vault between Elliot and us. And, um, and yeah, basically on the handover day, he, he just loaded them all, all the, all the stuff in there for us. Um, gave us, gave us all those accounts. Most of the accounts we, he just gave us, he didn't, you know, we didn't need to transfer anything out of those accounts or anything. Um, so we just kind of just took over ownership of them, uh, which made it a lot easier. So, yeah, um, yeah, pretty smooth to be honest. Like there hasn't been too many hiccups. Really, it's pretty minor stuff. Um, the Help Scout thing was a bit annoying. I found <laughs> I should, I definitely should not have done that myself. Uh, I should have passed that. I, I thought it was going to be easy. I thought there's like. Oh, I just have to press a button here to to do this, but yeah, it it just makes you, like especially with the Stripe and well, PayPal is notoriously bad to migrate between owners. But I thought Stripe was easier, and I had exactly the same issue when I was selling Plugin Rank. I couldn't. I was a UK Stripe company, a Stripe account, and I was selling it to a US company, so I couldn't just transfer it. I thought right. I'd been so clever keeping it in its own Stripe account instead of mixing with my other things, and I thought that would be so easy <laughs> to transfer. But no, right. I had to do the same thing. And Help Scout, like, it would have been okay because we had the Help, ACF Help Scout in its own account, but we use Help Scout ourselves. So what's the point of spending on two accounts and we just want the mailbox in the same place? But you would think a company would have 
an easy way just to say, this is your mailbox, transfer the owner to that and all customers and all. But it's not as simple. Yeah. And there's like the services around it to migrate that are not great. But yeah. it's just it's just bonkers to me that like that isn't part of Help Scout's sort of data architecture to enable that kind of mailbox moving easier. But easily yeah. it's weird yeah it is it is shocking uh because you know I, I thought it would be kind of like spin up wp where we just have to change a couple of ids and we can you know move a server between accounts that's not a big deal it's just you know it's like yeah. one id in a column somewhere you know for the most part uh and so it's yeah it's kind of disappointing that when I got that email from Help Scout that where they were just sending us to like a third party like migration service, I was like, eh, this is going to be. But you know, in the end, we we got it done. But yeah, just to give an idea, it was it took uh, I think it was twenty hours for the migration to run. So for it was sixty four thousand tickets in help scout uh <laughs> that had to be read so the way the service worked it read all the tickets in and then like that was one stage and then stage two was to write them to the other paper the other help scout account and i was not expecting that i was expecting like for them to read a ticket and then import the ticket and then because then you could just you could do the, all the most recent tickets and then instantly start using the new help scout account like yeah. pretty much right away but this read stage and this write stage, oh, super annoying. And so I had to wait. We had to time it so that it was when we do the migration when uh, when our staff, like our, our support staff, weren't working. So it had to be on a weekend. So I was doing this on a Saturday, like afternoon. And it's like, oh, yeah. man. I, in, in retrospect, we should have just wrote our own scripts and just did this ourselves, I think, because uh, I ended up spending probably ten hours of my time on this, and it's yeah. like would have been better off to get a developer on our team to spend ten hours than ten yeah. ten hours of my time. So, yeah, yeah. And any of those migration things are, are pretty hairy, though, aren't they? Like the Stripe migration, because yeah. you mentioned the Stripe export, and they can import into the new account, but they only they they move the customers across and the payment cards, payment methods, but yep. the, cu the customer ID is the same, but the payment method ID is different. So that causes a problem because WooCommerce has got stored loads of payment IDs that are now right. for when it renews the, 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 the subscription, it's going to find a card that doesn't exist. So you, we had to do quite a bit of manual extra migration um, once Stripe had done their export, and I, yeah. I just find that so hairy because you know you you're mucking around with stuff that where people are gonna you know renewals are happening in the next few hours, and it, if it goes <laughs> wrong, it's wrong, and it's financial, and oh yeah, yeah, not not fun. But we we made it out unscathed, I think, unless we find something later. <laughs> on the road. Yeah, now you said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knock on wood, everything's fine. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, so things have gone pretty darn smoothly. Um, so yeah, six six months pretty much from first convo to to uh, yeah. to us announcing it, and yeah, I think in in general we've come out pretty unscathed. And it's well, it's to me now it's so exciting just because of the future. We're now like 
the, 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 the dev team are working on releases. We're working on bringing improvements to the site. Like it's the support team are cracking on. It just feels now we're in this period of business as usual where we're just running it like one of our products, which is exactly what everybody wanted. And it's great. Yeah, it's, it's starting to feel like that. I, I've, I still feel like we're still getting our bearings, getting getting our feet under us with the product. It's a big yeah. product, a lot a lot to get your head around and um, and kind of figure out where... I think the hardest part to get my head around right now is the priorities. Like, what's the order of things that we should yeah. tackle things in? And that's the things that we're... I think we're still sorting that out. Uh, we're just, we're doing, there's obviously low hanging fruit. There's obviously like stuff that we can do and we've done it. Like we've already done a release, right? So, um, we're, we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting, making progress. We're getting our feet. It's, uh, it's good. It's, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, I'm, I'm looking forward to planning the, 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 major release right the, like our the first major release because then i think we're gonna have uh you know something big on the horizon to work towards whereas right now we're that's a bit up in the air still we're still kind of sorting that out um but we're getting there right it's starting to you know um come into focus i think you know yeah yeah cool man anything else we should talk about or what Oh, I think we've covered quite a lot. It's been really good to to kind of go over it. And yeah, nice to yeah. chat. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, if anyone have any has any questions, uh, be sure to ping us on Twitter or in the comments. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm at Brad T on Twitter and and you, you are at Pole Vault Web on Twitter. So hit us up on there. All right. Thanks, everybody.